What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good news, everyone. I'm back, baby. Jake C. Lee. Everybody else sucks! Oh, oh no, it's every nightmare I've ever had! Excuse me? It's time to check the link. Pretty crazy, huh? But, but it doesn't matter because none of this has anything to do with the show. You know what? You just made the list! <laughs> oh, wait, you serious? Let me laugh even harder. It's all in the hall. Sure, we talk about it all the time. Really? No. What is up, you ducks? It is all in football on FTN. Hopefully you are talking about this all the time, and that's just not a self-poking fun joke. As Lauren, mute your mic already. I'm going to give you a heads up for that while we're doing that. But code all in. Get you 20% off at FTN if you want to check out everything over there over at The Athletic. I continued my series of stats that matter and a lot that don't for wide receivers and tight ends. So if you go over there, first free month. If you go to theathletic.com slash TV, or there's usually an offer. It might even be better than that. So just click on the link. Check the link, everybody, and you see what you might get. Lauren's on mute. In one second, got to get to that. Uh, the, she is legitimately having people. We're doing hype players, overhype, too underhype, whatever, some hype, 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 whatever. Doing that today, buying or selling, and there's legitimately, literally people banging the table for players on her house because she's having roof work done. So as she comes back to join the show, and what else do we have? Any other housekeeping? Oh, if you didn't see it, shout out to Fox, producer. Did a little video yesterday for Doctor Stranger Things as we combined the Doctor Strange and Stranger Things, and he made this wonderful little intro for it because we broke down Lauren. I want to see if you agree before we get started. I told Meanie I would give him a little bit of a pass because he's not quite caught up on Stranger Things. So the well, the room for spoilers where you can't complain anymore. It's one week if it's a TV or no wait, what do we say? Yeah, one week for a TV show, and that's too late. Three weeks for a movie. And then five weeks for a streaming show that drops all at once. Because it could be like 16 episodes and they drop all at once. Or like The Boys, 12. Actually, I think it was only Boys Season 1 where they did that, right? I don't know. The point being, if it's an entire series. But the Stranger Things one is different. I told him he only gets three weeks for Stranger Things because it was only two episodes. Movie length, but still. Like, Do you agree with the 135? Does that, that sound I, reasonable? 
I think that's reasonable. I'm I'm a spoiler person. I like <laughs> to know the spoilers because if it doesn't end the way that I want it to end, I am really, really mad. So like I go <laughs> so out then you don't watch your spoilers. No, I, I won't watch it if I don't like it. I'll be like, no, I don't like the way it ends. I'm not watching it. Like <laughs> You sound like my mom. And my mom's like, how does do. it end? I'm like, that's you gotta watch the show. She's like, no, just tell me because I don't want to be disappointed. Exactly. <laughs> like, no, that is exactly what I do. It drives my husband bonkers. But I'm like, I know how it ends, so it's okay, we can watch it. And he's like, I know how it ends. We're not watching it. He's like, oh, my God. I'm like, save it for a plane ride. You'll be fine. Apologies to Lauren's husband and anybody in a relationship like that that has to deal with that. <laughs> so for today, helium, hype, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we're talking about players currently in July as we near the end who are seeing a lot of people talk on fantasy Twitter, fantasy circles, drafts already going on. Scott Fishbowl is going on. I stepped aside this year, gave away uh, Mark Nash's draft is still going this, I'm so glad I gave it away. I, I would be infuriated if, if... Oh, God, I'm sorry, Lauren. Well, sidebar, you're part of the reason yours is all up. I have a friend of mine. I have a friend of mine, Chris Sconerock, who is in your league. He is in your league and texted me while you were out of town on vacation. He's like, I just want you to know, Lauren is holding up this draft. I and I defended you. I defended you and said she's on vacation, to be fair. Yes, I was on vacation, but I also had zero cell service. So we were in like the <sighs> North Woods, Upper Peninsula, Michigan, where literally there is no cell phone reception. The only way we could actually like message anyone was via spotty, spotty Wi-Fi, which didn't really work. So when I was on the clock, I would literally pull up my app and try to go on, on my laptop and it would just sit and spin. And I would just watch the minutes click down. And I'm like, I can't even tell anyone what's going on right now. It was absolutely terrible. So I luckily, when we got to Mackinac City, there was cell reception there. So I was able to make a few picks <laughs> when I got there, but it was so bad. And then I was on a plane for a long time, too. And I was like, oh, my God, I feel so terrible. But half of our division is actually in Australia, too. So the times are a little weird. He said that, too. He said that. Yeah, yeah. But it was it's actually been going really well, despite the fact that it's slow. No one really is like purposefully just blowing it off. It just happens to be time zones or traveling or something like that. But yeah, I'm really, really, really sorry. Well, I am not like that when I draft. No, so here's here's my question to you. Meanie and I had this conversation two weeks ago when Scott Fishbowl was kicking off. Nando, probably not surprising to anybody, wrote an article about that how you should take the entire time in a slow draft because you know you don't know it breaks and that's why we have slow drafts and you could like what happens if you try to do it quick and then an hour later you know Nick Chubb breaks his ankle stuff like that so Nando defended the taking the entire clock. There are a lot of people who that would make livid, like would lose their, if every single person in the draft took the entire clock, Scott Fishbowl would have to start three months ago for us to finish by the time the, the season starts. So I'm assuming you're not going to say take the entire, but are you team Nando, like take as much time as you want? Or are you usually, if you're around, would you rather say like, get it in with like 20 minutes? Well, I think it I, I think it depends. When it's the earlier picks, I don't I don't mind people taking a few hours because you're really there's a lot of rules when it comes to Scott Fish. So especially for new people or fans that are in it, I don't mind, you know, a few hours off the clock. But when it starts to get into the later rounds when you're just literally throwing darts, like you don't need to overthink that. Like just <laughs> let, let's go. Like there's a, there's comes a certain point when your entire roster and the good people on your bench are full, but because this league is so huge and there's so many players, just 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 willy-nilly pick one. I mean, you don't really need to overthink it. So, I'm kind of right in that middle ground, if you will. Yeah, but what if somebody talks up Kadero Hodge while I'm on the clock in the 24th round? Like, come on. I'm sorry for you. That's silly. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of talking up, 
As I made that tradition, tra- transition, not tradition, transition. As Excellent I tried to make, Yeah, I tried to make the <laughs> word before we talk about vacation sickness. And we, we got to come up with a word for that. I know. Vacation like it's Oh, just my like, God. What is, are those fish sticks? Is that what you're fish sticks? That South Park joke? Yes, Do you like I know. That's right, laughing. <laughs> <laughs> with it's a family Kanye. Show there, I'm not a gay fish. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with running backs. And yeah. we're going to start at the top. I didn't put this one in the sheet, and I wasn't planning to put this one in here. I don't until love I your sheet, at... so. Okay, <laughs> that works. Most people don't. Most people just wing it anyway. I do. <laughs> He's not really helium per se. Another episode of South Park per se mm. is the number three running back off the board. I, I actually did a little bit of a double take when I saw it. And I love this player, and I've loved this player for his entire career. And last year was an amazing season in top three for Austin Eckler. But I see him in front of Derrick Henry, who outscored Jonathan Taylor in a points-per-game basis by almost two and was even a bigger margin in PPR for people that think that the PPR is going to kill him. Meany brought that up yesterday. I Derrick Henry, I made the point that you could argue, I wouldn't take him over Taylor, but you could argue for number one. Austin Eckler's over Najee Harris as well who is 300 plus touches coming is Austin Eckler at number three too hype. Is that too, is that too much helium for Austin Eckler? I think that's kind of the definition of too much helium. Not that I think he shouldn't be high, but I think number three ahead of Derrick Henry, that one is tough. Like, I don't, I don't like that at all. Um, I, I don't think he should be above Najee Harris either. I, I don't think he should. Um, but it's close. It's close. But I think I think that is a little bit a little bit too much hype for me, although Austin Eckler is spectacular. He is. Is part of your concern mine and that they finally did find an answer for a complimentary piece in Isaiah Spiller after trying for four straight years? Yeah, there is that. The the running back by committee is a real one. And Austin Eckler actually said something. I and I'm not quoting here. This is a huge paraphrase, but it was something along the lines of, Hey, I need help. I mean, I I am getting beat up out there. I need some help. And that kind of says to me that is going to be moving towards the running back by committee for the Chargers. So it is a little concerning there. I think um, sustainability is a little, you know, uh, for me, but you can say that about all the players. Um, But yeah, I just, that, that's a little, little rich. I mean, I like rich. rich I mean, like, I I like, I like that, but not this. I I do (laughs) like bougie every once in a while. Super fun. All right. So so let's (laughs) stick it, let's stick it running back. And this running back, I said, is Austin Eckler. He is the new Austin Eckler. And his ADP has been rising, rising, rising. I just did Pat Mayo's show. I don't know when he's dropping it because you never know with Pat. It might be one day. It might be three days. <laughs> exactly. Be a week because he plans for vacations and stuff like that. But in my offseason article for Breakouts, I said DeAndre Swift is Austin Eckler. That's who he is. He's going to have around 16, 17 touches. Half of them, well, not half, but you get the point, 40% of them coming in the passing game. We saw that last year. This was Pat's pushback. He said, I don't like how much they use Jonathan or John, John Jamal Williams down the stretch when Jamal Williams got healthy again. And mm-hmm. they keep wanting to use him like 40, 50% of the time. And my point is, yeah, the offense is frustrating. Part of the mystique is that the Lions stink. We did that last year. You didn't want any Lions, but then we finally did. And no, the hate on Jared Goff and the stink. I know. <laughs> but it's, it's true. It's the perception is Lions. Don't want Lions. But DeAndre Swift looked terrific last year a lot of times. He's now at eight in front of 
Barkley, Aaron Jones, Fournette, Chubb, Kamara. Well, his situation's, you know, Javante Williams, James Conner, ETN, Cam Akers, and obviously continuing to go down from there. He's the eighth off the board. As somebody who loves DeAndre Swift, that even feels like we've now reached peak. Like, how does he even get past eight? Right. That right there is where the draft spot is to be incredibly disappointed with what he does not do this season. So let me just explain what I'm saying. So don't, don't hear what I'm not saying here. Right. So if you draft him there at number eight, you have expectations set up and because of his situation, I think also because of his youth, um, I think someone who drafts him that high ahead of those players is going to be disappointed in his production. Whereas if he were drafted where he should be, which is I think about maybe two or three spots below where you were uh, the first couple that you said, I can't remember off the top of my head here, then it's not so bad. But just those few, it's almost like it's a tear break there. Oh, Aaron, um, Aaron Jones was the other one yeah. that you had said. Uh, DeAndre Swift above Aaron Jones is a little interesting for me, especially given what's going on in Green Bay with no Devontae Adams. So I would not put DeAndre Swift ahead of Aaron Jones, but I think that is a little rich. And I think if someone takes him from at that point in ADP, is going to be one of those rock rets this year. Are you saying? Are you saying it's this my Star Wars slash Star Trek T-shirt, which probably pisses off both camps <laughs> because it's a. It's a <laughs> Didn't it's, I know that one? <laughs> it, it's Picard, and he says he has four aces, and of course he's doing the face palm from the show. Oh, he's no. saying Darth Vader screaming no, but of course it's a trap. Is, that's oh what God. he's saying. Over there. So it's a poke, <laughs> and it's a poker shirt. Oh, okay. Like I had to get this one. This is terrific. It's, it's, it's so anyway, I actually have DeAndre Swift at eight, but I said, that's like, that's where I stop. And right. one spot behind him is Barkley. And if we get more and more reports that he is hundred percent, I would take Barkley over Swift. So conversation yes. for another day. This is the interesting one. Cam Akers. It's interesting to see the diversity in ADP slash if you're following it on Twitter. If you're watching fantasy Twitter, if you're watching fantasy shows like this and all the other ones out there, everybody in fantasy is echoing what I'm saying. And what I've been saying is if you look at Cam Akers, Cam came back from an injury, which is a disturbed amount of time. You're not supposed to do that. He didn't get three yards per carry, which is a relevant stat anyway, but also face tough defenses. But here's the thing I said, Lauren, is what is the team telling us? The team brought him back and gave him bell cow work. Not just bell cow work. In the playoffs and the Super Bowl gave him bell cow work coming off that injury. Tells me Cam Akers is the bell cow for 2022. I want all the Cam Akers. But interestingly, in ADP, his ADP is only 15th for running backs off the board. Is the fantasy Twitter and talk hype too much or is the ADP correct? Ooh, I, okay. So a couple ways I want to answer this. <laughs> Please stay at this ADP. That would that would make me so happy because just like you said, I think Cam Akers is going to be a stellar running back. Of course, if he can stay healthy, um, I think the ADP is just exactly where it needs to be to make me a very happy person when he falls to me in the draft. Let me just put it to you that way. But um, no, I think I think fantasy Twitter hype words, helium, whatever we're calling it, I think it's accurate. So I hope that nobody pays attention so that I can get a steal in the draft because I love Cam Akers. So I'm really sorry. I don't know if anyone can hear the pounding the, on my No, roof. they are green. They're, they're pounding oh, the yes, table okay. for Cam Akers. I'll just mute this now. 
I'm actually enjoying it. It's not that loud. I just think it's funny when we can oh, it's hear it. It's not that bad because like to me, no. like both of the dogs are hiding in my office with me and my cat is like hiding behind the couch that's in my office and they're like terrified. <laughs> they don't know what's going on. So. Barkley would probably be barking because like if somebody knocks on the door, then she's like, because she, she doesn't bark like she gets angry. Bark. She gets barking. She gets excited because she's like, oh, somebody might be coming in the door. I get to see somebody new. Like that's, yeah, so. that's, yeah, like my dog, Ellie, she's like fresh meat. And my older dog, Jack's like, go away. <laughs> I want a nap. <laughs> so here's an interesting one. Oh, by the way, for everybody out there, I'm using NFFC ADP for the last, basically June, July. The, that's kind of, will tell you a lot of best balls are going on, a lot of early drafts. But one of the things you see in this draft too, or like the outliers or the extremes is because some of these people drafting in NFFC, they're looking for the league, the big money winners, the $50,000, $100,000 winners. And they try to be smarter than everybody else, which this is why we're doing this is kind of pushing back a little bit to say, you know, even if ADP says this, you don't have to take them two rounds earlier just because you fall in love because then you buy all the risk and avoid any potential return on investment. Mm. Here's the interesting one. As Pat would say, Travis Etienne, Travis Etienne for the Jaguars. I'm surprised by this one. I don't, I don't for one second think that he's not going to, as I throw out a double negative, not going to sit in front of James Robinson and be the back to own with Jacksonville and be the best performer and be a top 20 running back. But he's now sitting at 17 in front of running backs that I'm not exactly enamored with, but in front of Ezekiel Elliott, David Montgomery, Antonio Gibson, Josh Jacobs, who I would take over him. Uh, I'd probably still take Antonio Gibson over him. Elijah Mitchell, Clyde Edwards, and whatever, but now we're getting kind of deep. But still, 17 is the hype on Etienne. Etienne, too high. I'm sorry. I'm still just wanting to say bless you every time. Every time you do that, sounds like you're sneezing. He says it's Cajun or whatever it is, and that you have to. That's how it would be pronounced. French, French sure. Cajun. Sure. Okay. Whatever. Uh, bless you. I still. That's the only thing I'm saying. Seventeen is interesting because I actually don't mind this for him. However, I do believe it is a little bit too hyped because I think we had this huge amount of. Um, wishing and wanting and hoping and then, you know, because he got hurt and we didn't see him play. So it's like we're taking all of that from the year before, bottling it up, and then now putting it into this year, even though we don't really have anything that we can base this on. So I'm really excited about Etienne as well. Etienne, whatever you, whatever we call him, it's going to bug me now for the rest of my fantasy football life. So it might be well, a little bit too high, but I mean, I, I agree with you. I think I would take Antonio Gibson over him. I would not take Josh Jacobs over him. Um, yeah, it's, it's a little, really? I don't know. I think it's a little wish listy, uh, but I don't mind it. If you were higher than that, I'd be like, Ooh, but I think that's a, I think it's, I think it's decent. Maybe it's a well, little bit inflated. I don't care that I put that in your head because you put uh what's, what's the, De, uh, Dion Warwick's song wishing and hoping. And hope, loving and praying, <laughs> or whatever. Because you said you're wishing and hoping, so like, immediately oh, okay. My mind finished the rest gotcha. of the. Okay, yeah. so we're even now. Yeah, exactly. So try to get that <laughs> song out of my the head. Continues. <laughs> They're pounding for Dion Warwick. Who would have thought a Dion Warwick reference at any point of this show <laughs> for the next twenty years, hopefully, of the show ever? So next, running two more running backs, and then move on from here. Rookie Brees Hall just signed his contract finally yesterday. A lot of excitement, myself included, because I look at the talent and the talent of the running back, and Pat pushed back with this, and I said, he's a better running back. And he said, is he, though? And I said, because we were talking about David Montgomery. He's like, no, he's a better running back than David Montgomery. Brees Hall, the best talent in this draft class. Brees Hall is exceptionally talented. He's so good that with Michael Carter, the Jets moved up two spots to make sure that they got him and 
is now supplanting Michael Carter, who I love. This is coming from somebody who loves Michael Carter. And yet, I'm very concerned for Michael Carter, and I think Brees Hall is going to be a top 20 running back. However, he's being drafted at RB18. He's a rookie running back, questionable team, questionable situation with Michael Carter. Or is this too much hype and we're buying all the risk with Brees Hall? I agree. I think that is a little too much hype, a little bit too much risk. We just don't know how they're going to use those running backs and what that is going to look like. So, yeah, that I don't know if you for anyone not watching and they're just listening. I don't know if you saw my face, but it was not pretty as I tried to understand the number 18. Well, can can I push back with one thing? Sorry, my dog you? is crying right now. She's having a nightmare. <laughs> so, <laughs> you got to consult oh console her for the, yeah. She's literally at the door having a nightmare crying right now. <laughs> because of the pounding or just because she's locked so. in the room? <laughs> no, she's she's fast asleep, but she is having a bad dream. Oh, the dream? You're supposed yeah. to hear, I, want, I don't want to do it in the mic. You're supposed to go like that and it wakes them up without startling them. Okay. Well, then I'll mute yeah. this and you continue. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I got to push back with this. Last year, Javante Williams, rookie, split 50-50, as everybody knows, with Melvin Gordon. And you know what he finished as, Warren? RB17. Hmm. So I'm going to push back and say, I don't think it's necessarily too high. Now, are you minimizing the return on investment? Sure. But that was with a 50-50. And that was with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. Right. I think everybody out there assumes assumes the Jets, now they're not going to be better than the Broncos, but they'll be better than last year's Broncos offense. I think the return on investment could be RB1, low-end RB1, but I think there's still room to get a profit here. Okay, if they run a similar style of offense, then yes, I could see it. The, the opportunity and the possibility definitely could be there, but... That's interesting. I really want to dive into those numbers and I want to take a look at what the Jets running game looked like last year, the touches, the splits and all of that compared to what the Broncos have done, because then I would buy it. Then I would definitely okay. buy it. But it seems I don't know the, the Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon seems so unreal, right, that both of them were fantasy relevant in such a perfectly, you know, almost perfectly 50 50 split. I mean, that's to me, that feels a little unheard of. So I don't know. Is that repeatable? I don't know. I want to I want to mm. see. That's interesting. Back to back last year, mm. RB 16 and 17. And yeah, 200 that's... And two, 231 touches for Melvin Gordon, 246 for Javante Williams. It seems so right. rare, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know, like an albino chicken or something. Isn't it just still white? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the chickens like, have colors. <laughs> I'm like, don't, I thought hens are the brown ones. What? It's both a chicken. There's a rooster and a hen. They're both chickens. Wait, wait. So wait, there's not like a difference of whether or not it's brown or white. No. No. <laughs> Maybe there is. I don't. I don't know. White. What am I thinking? Am I thinking of ducks? Maybe I'm thinking of ducks. You're I don't know. Thinking of well, ducks. I got a albino lot of stuff duck. going on right now. You can, you got, can bring like, up an albino. We got to add that. We don't have an albino. An albino duck. ducks. Why didn't I say duck? God, <laughs> see, this is what happens, my friends. When you come back from vacation, you have twenty people walking on your roof, pounding hammers, and you know. D -d 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 stupid nail guns and then my dog's having a nightmare in the corner i'm for clems i'm sweaty <laughs> i talk next about running back. <laughs> next running back i can't wait for the comments on the albino chicken yep. versus hen versus brown and white chicken feathers know. and no, what it, like, i don't no 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 i know roosters my are bad. usually darker yeah the roosters are definitely brown because or all right I mean, definitely maybe so i'm just thinking of the seinfeld episode 
with I don't little know. Jerry. Like I don't live on a farm, nor have I ever <laughs> been around chickens other than processed and in my refrigerator. So I should ask Nicole, the girlfriend. She grew up in Montana. I'm sure there's plenty of chickens. She's gotta know. She's gonna be like, tell your stupid co-host that chickens are white. Weirdo. There's more chickens than people in Montana. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm, make, sure. That is I'm making that a statement. All right, last <laughs> running back. I'm gonna set you up and see if you can even guess which running back this is. Oh, with Lord. one statement. There's no way he scores zero touchdowns again. What? Do you know who I'm talking about? Miles Sanders. There you go. Yeah. Miles Sanders. Talking up Miles Sanders, talking up the fact that there's no way he scores zero again. And the fact that like when he, you know, he's had the opportunity. But my pushback on this, Lauren, is that I like some Kenneth Gainwell in the passing game. This backfield, full blown committee shaping up they use boston scott a lot at the goal line even when miles sanders is out and what have they told us the past year and a half kind of started happening two years ago they've lost their enamorosity i'm making that a word oh, with sanders it. in the passing game i just new word for today enamorosity they're, they're not enamored with miles sanders in the passing game anymore which makes me think that kenneth gainwell can have a james white type of season and yet people are f- pushing up Miles Sanders to fringe RB2. Right now, he's still around 28. But I, I mean, to tell you, the peak, the peak, he's going as early as the beginning of the fifth round right now. Oh, that's no. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Too spicy? No. Too spicy. I have never been a huge fan of Miles Sanders in fantasy, simply because of all the reasons that you just said. It's too committee. They just seem to really have, you know, something, some special spark with uh, Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott. And just every year it's disappointing. And every year we come up with reasons to say, oh, this is why Miles Sanders is going to do so great. You know, doesn't matter which coach it is because Doug Peterson, you know, I had a big argument against Miles Sanderson when it was Doug Sanderson, Sanders, Jesus, your animosity got me, got in my head. So I don't know. I just, yeah, I'm, he's one of those players I just usually tend to avoid anyway, but I think even that is a little high. Wow. That was really loud. (laughs) Really, I I would love to see the translated version of, of our show. You know, when they do the where you can look at the like the subtitles. Thank you, but not it's not yeah. called subtitles on YouTube. Like I would just love to the transcript. Basically, transcript, I would love to see the transcript go. of this episode. Oh. <laughs> that would literally be the everything running in my head made up words that just whiplash topic change. <laughs> like I love Miles Sanders. My dog is having a nightmare. Hang on a sec. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Your enamorosity. <laughs> Let's head to wide receiver. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, and see your enamorosity with these wide receivers. If they're too much. Let's start at the top. 
traded quarterback, and people start going bananas for DJ Moore. This is final. DJ Moore's finally going to be a wide receiver one after hovering around. 16 to 20 every single year because he doesn't score touchdowns and they're like well that's got to change baker mayfield 100 because the touchdown ratio is much higher they're right about baker mayfield's touchdown ratio but are they possibly too hype helium too enamoratized with dj moore and baker mayfield together and the fact that dj moore now at adp is in front of terry mclaurin dk metcalf alan robinson Cortland sutton brandon cooks God, keep giving me Brandon Cooks in the 20s. Keep doing it every single year. Keep doing it, please. I beg you. Mike Williams and neck and neck with Deontay Johnson. No, that way too high. I'm sorry. And I, (laughs) for any Baker Mayfield fans out there, like I apologize. I'm not saying that he sucks, but he was literally on a run first offense in Cleveland when that's what they did. Their offense ran through Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. That's, I don't know. And I don't trust, I don't trust Baker Mayfield at all. So I do like DJ Moore. I just, it stinks that he hasn't had the kind of production that we've all wanted from him, but I, I, that's the relationship I need to see to believe like, you know, mm -mm. what if they got breakfast? I I Tiffany's (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Tiffany's don't put that in my head down too. So for your point, let's say DJ Moore scored four last year. Let's give him seven. That's a, that's a pretty nice number. He gets three more. Exact same numbers that he's been putting up. Seven puts him from wide receiver 19 last year, jumps him up to wide receiver 11. Eight spots. I don't like him as a wide receiver, too. Um, I think you mean as it, wide receiver one? Correct, as a wide receiver one. <laughs> I think um, I just, no, I, I, I wouldn't be able to take him as a wide receiver one. I don't trust that. If he falls to me in a draft, where I can take him as a wide receiver two, and then if I got real, real lucky, got him as a flex or a wide receiver three, unlikely, um, then maybe I would go for it. But I, I just did, I don't trust that. So then for me, that is hyped. It's too hyped. I, I, don't, I don't believe in that relationship yet. I need to see it. Let me put it this way. Let's say you started, because you would have to be, I'm looking at his ADP, overall ADP. You'd have to be one of the first two or three picks. Okay. So you'd have to start like Derrick Henry, come back, uh, give you another running back. We'll say come back in the second round. Saquon Barkley, whatever, end of the second round type of running back. And then your first wide receiver, you go wide receiver, wide receiver, and get something like T. Higgins, DJ Moore. Would you be okay with that? Yes, but I st- I think I think I might personally avoid him, but that's only my personal opinion. If someone does do that, I don't blame them. But for me personally, I think I might avoid it simply because I just don't believe that relationship. And prove me wrong, I'm I'm 100% okay with that. I think I might I think I might look elsewhere on that one. Okay. But I yeah, wouldn't blame someone going, for taking right, him. He's right around the 3-4 turn right now. So, right. I'm going to this isn't the next wide receiver. This is the next group. Because there's three people here. Yep. Russell Wilson is off to Denver. Russell Wilson, pretty much a run balance offense with Seattle. I think it's not going to be that much different with Denver. Denver just showed us their run balance. Now, by all, I mean, whatever definition you want to use, even name, I don't even care what kind of hats they, there is no world where Russell Wilson is not better than Teddy Bridger or Drew Locke or anything the Broncos had. Anything you want to quantify, Russell Wilson is better than all of them. Let's make that clear. However, there are three wide receivers at play. He's been dealing with two for a very long time. He has a decent tight end, who is also battling with the rookie. For everybody out there, Delchick is getting some snaps in front of him all of a sudden, so chill out on Big O over there. But that being said, 
arguably one of the best running back duos in the league. So, Cortland Sutton at 21, Jerry Judy at 25. Tim Patrick seems to be the only one reasonable, and just all the disrespect, because i got to find Tim Patrick. Uh, Tim Patrick's still... Wow, Tim Patrick, 58. There is no helium. We would need to pump some into him. But the top <laughs> two, Sutton and Judy. Too much Russell Wilson helium floating them up there because... Or, well, let me flip it the other way and say, come back with me to this argument if you don't think it is, that Patrick falls to the wayside, and it's just those two similar to Metcalf and Lockett. That I'm going to go with the latter on this one. Okay. I love Tim Patrick. He is one of those... Loved like last year. I think you're oh, breaking up with him. I am. I mean... We can still be friends, right? I mean, oh, no? don't say we can still be no. friends. No. Okay, might here as well just, is. Just like, take a brand and shove it on his forehead. Just, I'm like... curious to see what Russell Wilson can do because I don't necessarily think that he's had the kind of run or a wide receiver trio, if you will. I mean, quad quadruped. I mean, we, there's still KJ Hamler there too, so that's going to be oh, really KJ interesting. Hamler. But the only two that I really, really believe in here are going to be Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. If Tim Patrick is a thing, snatch him up off the waiver wire because he's probably not going to get drafted. And if it is, it's going to be real, real late. And then someone's going to drop him. So I don't really mind that one here. But what I would do. So you in do, it, 21 and 25? I would flip them. I would actually put you would Jerry go Judy, Judy over Sutton. I would do Judy over Sutton. I think Sutton is going to be your big playability guy. And he's going to be, he's, he reminds me of a Tyler Lockett. And then Jerry Judy kind of reminds me of the DK Metcalf style role. Um, but both of them, I wouldn't mind having a piece of either of these. It just depends on when it falls into the draft because I love Jerry Judy. I really want to see him succeed. And I love Cortland Sutton. And I love what Russell Wilson brings to the table. If that means, unfortunately, then Tim Patrick falls by the wayside, then, you know, if one of them gets hurt or one of them just, doesn't do well and Russell Wilson decides he has a better relationship with Tim Patrick is swooping him up and I won't mind. Okay. Interesting. Let me, how, would you take Judy or Amon Ron St. Brown? Oh, the, shut the, the first up. Line, the first Lions wide receiver you've ever supported since Calvin Johnson. No. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take Amon Ross St. Brown wow. over Jerry Judy. I'm going to do oh. it. I'm going to do it. Oh, wow. It's tough. <laughs> you don't even like Judy that much. Wow. You hate them all. Gosh, oh my God, please. Something. Yes, I'm so, that's me. <laughs> Super hateful. So, here's one. I actually was sucking on the helium. I had the high-pitched voice. I still do uh, because I did a show with Kyle Yates, and this was when I did my first blast of rankings and just like, this is how I would rank. I haven't done projections yet. And this was a couple months ago when Odell Beckham sounded likely to resign with the Rams, and I had Allen Robinson in like the mid-low 20s. So I was talking with Yates and going through everything, and we broke it down on the show and talked about the fact of look at the number two with Matthew Stafford. And the longer we go, the longer Odell Beckham feels like if he comes back, it just hurts Van Jefferson. That, and that I, You can see I'm setting up my argument. Mm -hmm. And the second wide receiver for Matthew Stafford, who, by the way, has said he's more comfortable this year, that that's not a scary thought for his potential. Holy crap. But the second wide receiver... This is definitively, no matter how many times people have made the argument, oh, it's the best quarterback Allen Robinson's ever played. He now finally has the best quarterback ever. I, Chris, team Allen Robinson. A lot of people team Allen Robinson. He is inside the top 20 for ADP at wide receiver. Have we inflated the helium balloon so much that it's going to pop? Or are you going to put some more in it? I'm going to put some more in it. <laughs> I'm putting some more in it. I love Allen Robinson. And I love Allen Robinson on the Rams. So for me, 
I am okay with it. He is one of those wide receivers that I'm okay spending up with, spending up for, excuse me, <laughs> because I really love this position. I love how scary this offense is. And I think all of these defenses are going to be scheming around Cooper Cup. There's no Robert Woods. Give me some Allen Robinson all day long. And I'll go get a helium tank and be like, shh. <laughs> what? How's that? Shh. <laughs> I don't know. Something. <laughs> If let me scale one to ten, the 11. likely <laughs> the, the the likely it sounds like when I like ask Chris a question and I don't even let him finish and I just say no. Uh, the, <laughs> the likelihood I'm going to give you the twelfth wide receiver off the board right now. Okay. On a scale of one to ten, how likely is it that Allen Robinson finishes in front of AJ Brown as a co wide receiver one with Cooper Cup? Oh, 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 oh. Ooh, ooh, likely i'm gonna put him ahead sorry it took me a few minutes there i had to go yeah but what's your scale one to ten? i didn't say like how i didn't say eight. likely or not eight wow that that's that's exceptionally likely yes that's that's supreme i believe likely. he will okay uh just so you know last year i'm checking right now if i could find t higgins because that was the one that came to mind t higgins was wide receiver 22 but much higher in a points per game if you put him at points per game he was wide receiver 13, Ooh. taking out Wilkerson. Wide receiver 12 if you take out Cyril Grayson in his three games. So for all intents and purposes, let's call him wide receiver 12, which Jamar Chase, wide receiver 5 in points per game. Yeah. Definitely doable. Not bad. All right. Let's continue with wide receivers. Next up, one of my boys as well. This one, if you're watching on Twitter, you're either team in or team out. There's no in between, it seems with Gabriel Davis in Buffalo. You're either, I want him, or you guys are stupid. That seems to be like the, the sides of this. It's very similar to Antonio Gibson. It's very similar for me, the argument that we just made for Allen Robinson. He is clearly now the number two. He had 63 targets last year. And I know the people are out there is like, there's no way he keeps that touchdown rate. I don't expect him to, but do I expect him to double his targets as the clear number two with Jamison Crowder being the number three? Yes, we talked about this yesterday, so that's the quick version. If you want to watch the full version, watch yesterday, because now it's Lauren's turn. Are you healing him in or healing him, healing him in or out <laughs> on Gabriel Davis? <laughs> helium. <laughs> helium. helium. <laughs> yeah. My dog literally just looked at me like, what are you doing? Yes, I'm full helium. I like Gabriel Davis. Uh, yep, he is a big target for me. Okay. I feel Gabriel... like I feel like I'm just jumping on this Gabriel Davis bandwagon, but we were all looking forward to this with what Gabriel Davis was able to do last year. Those flashes, that potential that he had, and not to mention some of the very athletic plays that he made. Yeah, we were kind of waiting for it to be like, okay, step aside, Ron Weasley. It's time for Gabriel Davis to plant his flag. This show today is weird. So off the rails. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, Jiggle, everyone. Jiggles even said all in sound effects with Jake Seeley. Oh and God. then factoring you, in. So <laughs> Lee Ving says factoring in Knox usage. I, at first glance, I thought it said Knox sausage. And I thought, not you mean not worst? <laughs> <laughs> the knock worst. Yes. <laughs> so, like, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I am factoring in Knox. But here's the thing. Like, uh, let, let me ask you about Knox real quick. Talk about nine touchdowns on Knox's use. You're you are losing it over there. Knockworst. <laughs> uh, what was the? Now I even forgot her name. 
the singer that I was like trying to think of her song. Now I can't even think of her name anymore. But anyway, let me go back to this. Are you? Do you think Dawson Knox has can take a step forward? This is independent. This is just a sidebar now because it's a decent question by Link Lee. I think Knox is. We've seen from Knox. That's who he is. He's going to be touchdown reliant. He's the third, fourth option in this passing game. I don't expect them to do much more. Yeah, I don't expect him to have some kind of, you know, huge regression or huge progression. (laughs) I mean, I think that's kind of basically repeating what you just said. You know what Dawson Knox is. This is a good thing. That way, you know what you can expect from Dawson Knox. And I, I don't necessarily think that his usage is going to eat too much into what we're talking about here with Gabriel Davis. He was successful in what he did. The offense loved what he did. And I don't necessarily think that changing for better or for worse. Who are you talking about? Uh, Knox Sausage. No. Dawson <laughs> <laughs> Knockwurst. That's Knock what just made me. That's why I couldn't stop laughing. Knockwurst. Get it right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One more wide receiver uh, because I want to make sure we get a Are we sure we're still allowed time. to be on air at this point? <laughs> I don't know. We're going to get canceled for sure. I know. <laughs> Here's my argument for this one. I think he's a better fit for Lamar Jackson stylistically Marquise Brown is very intriguing and he had a great connection with Lamar Jackson and put up some nice numbers but I don't think if you look at this offense what works best and what you saw work best is not necessarily watching Marquise Brown go 30 yards every single play Rashad Bateman they even said the Rav the Ravens said there's a reason we took him now this is the year we took him the problem with the Ravens though admittedly a muted passing game very heavy run obviously beholden to Lamar Jackson taking off a ton 500 pass attempts maybe Mark Andrews is a big share but the thing that I like about it Lauren is I think it's going to be Bateman and Andrews very similar to Hill and Kelsey where they're accounting for about 50% of the target share and if you're giving me 23 24 25% of the target share for Bateman even in this offense I'm thinking you're looking at top 25 wide receiver this year. Love it. And I think that's conservative. Um, What I was really surprised about when I did some research on this is uh, Marquise Brown vacated 140 targets. Like what? I don't recall that ever happening. So that's 140 targets based on a muted passing game up for grabs. And yes, we're going to see Mark Andrews. That's not even a question, but that still leaves a ton of targets for who? No one else. It's Rashad Bateman and nobody else. I love, love, love Rashad Bateman. You just really downplayed Duvernay and Prochet. They're coming for you. They're going to come for I'm you. I'm sorry, who? Like... <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> shots fired. Dude, Prochet, no, stop it. I like Devin Duvernay, but he's more of like a DFS type of player for me. Like, no, that's oh, I not agree even. With you. Okay, yeah. good. I was like, are you seriously going to give me a hard time right now? <laughs> in no, fact, so... I almost took, because I took Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews and Scott Fish, and I almost took Rashad Bateman as well. That's how much I really, really like the scoring chances and the production from even though they're two pass catchers, that usually is a, a big no-no for me, but I don't mind that wide receiver tight end stack with Lamar Jackson. That's yeah, how much I be believe okay in with it. it. If it was Mahomes, Kelsey Hill. Yep. And I'm not saying Bateman's Hill, but point the point being, it's so, a good comp. quarterback. Let's talk about Mr. Eyeliner. I know. Oh my Getting God. A lot <laughs> of helium for Derek Carr because he just threw for 4,800 yards Everybody's like, ooh, now he has Devontae Adams, which I don't know if you know this, Lauren, but they used to play together in college. Yay. Me, so, bingo. Exactly. All right. So, <laughs> but 4,800, Derek Carr, for everybody, 
you ask the average fan out there, and this isn't to talk down to people, but you ask the average fan last year, they would never know or guess that he threw for 4,800 yards. Yep. The reason Derek Carr was in top 10, though, is because he didn't have the touchdowns to go with it. But Devontae Adams fixed everything. He's the cure-all. He's the, you know, the, one of the greatest, as Aaron Rodgers has shown. But I think we're putting a little bit too much on Devontae Adams for Carr's reason versus what, what Rodgers brought to the connection with Adams. I'm not taking anything too much away from what Adams is, but I don't think we're all going to see that Derek Carr goes from 23 touchdowns to 35. Are we putting too much into him? Because the problem with quarterbacks like Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan, you have to have Tom Brady-like seasons just to get the top 10, and you still don't even get inside the top five. Yeah, this one is really this one is really weird. Um, the best seasons that we saw from Aaron Rodgers, well, I don't. that's a little bit of a gross overstatement there, but how much of Aaron Rodgers' really good numbers were due to Devontae Adams? And now Devontae Adams isn't there, but he is with Derek Carr. There are some oddly – I wrote an article about this, actually. And um, there's an oddly close comparison between Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers that like, blew my mind. Then there are some that are nowhere near each other. But I don't know. I wish he wasn't getting as much hype as he is. Do I think that he can finish much better than he has with Devontae Adams? Yes, but I think there is a little bit too much helium there. We're way too excited, which makes me sad because then he's going to go way too early and it upsets me. You know what's interesting is that people are so down right now on Aaron Rodgers that they're going back-to-back. It's really? Rogers, it's Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, back-to-back in drafts I would, right now. I would, I don't, man, I don't know. I would take Aaron Rodgers I, 10 times out of 10. I don't, I don't even think know, twice. I would take Derek Carr. Would you? Yeah, I would. I am going. To, apparently, I'm going to have all of the Aaron Rodgers this year. <laughs> you do here's, here, well, no, because here's my counter argument that I keep bringing up. It's similar to my Cooper Cup argument. I keep saying this all the time. I know people have heard me say, but real quick, in case you haven't, I said if you take off 20 percent, 20 frigging percent of Cooper Cup's production, he finishes one point behind Debo Samuel as the wide receiver too. If you take off 40 percent. He finishes his wide receiver nine tied with Deontay Johnson. If you take off 10 touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers, 10, he's still a QB one. And I don't think that's going to happen. And yet he's still a QB one, which was still in front of Derek Carr. So, you know, can Carr finish in front of Aaron Rodgers? No question about it. But if you're going to give me back to back every single time, I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers. And I understand the argument as well. I mean, it's, it's by, you know, splitting a hair with a hatchet between the two of them, which is shocking that I would even say that out loud about Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's, yeah, I think I would, I think just to be like cantankerous and, you know, zag like while Rogers? everyone else zigs, I would go Derek Carr. Okay. So I don't like Aaron Rodgers. He's a diva and a drama queen. No. <laughs> and cantankerous. You know, that's me, but. <laughs> Let's talk some tight ends before we get out of here. And the other quarterback, we already talked. I was going to bring up Trey Lance. We talked about that with Meany. Yeah. And all, or, in and out, or Trey Lance, real quick version. In, yes, mm. out, no. In. Okay. Yeah, but sound like a hesitant in. All right. So, it, it, it's like, it's like, yeah, I'm, okay, in. I'm not like, <laughs> in. It's in. So the first tight end, uh, when I went to Puerto Rico, this would be if Jake got left in Puerto Rico on the island and never came back. Because I feel like, <laughs> I feel like maybe I'm crazy and I'm out there by myself on this one. But I have Dalton Schultz ahead of Duran Waller. Now, Ooh, the helium. You're not crazy at all. Okay. The helium mm-hmm. isn't quite there. So, for everybody out there, he is sixth. He's still behind Waller and Kittle. But is 
this is going to kind of be like introspective here is that like is my helium and even he being number six too much because my argument for it lauren is he was already tight end number three last year and if you look at waller's inconsistency up and down sure you can make the argument adams is going to open things up in the d- double coverage and man covers versus zone and where waller's sure i think people are overlooking the fact that renfro is not going to go away Thank you. That like, is my like, biggest like, thing. Like Redfield didn't leave this team and everybody's mm-hmm. acting like Adams coming in only benefits Waller and there's nothing that Schultz for all intents and purposes as of today, Gallup is still a question for week one. Mm-hmm. Schultz at worst case scenario is number three, just like I think Waller is number three. I think everybody's putting Waller at number two, potentially three. I think it's Schultz is number two, potentially three. And that's why I'm taking Schultz. I agree with you. 100% I could not have said it better. I, the exact same argument is everyone is like, oh, Devontae Adams is going to open things up for Darren Waller. Like, no, it's going to open things up for Hunter Renfro. Because guess who else they're going to be targeting? Darren Waller. Like, <laughs> those are the two <laughs> biggest threats in the offense. Yeah. So, no, I love Hunter Renfro. Story for another time. But, yeah, no, I and I, I do agree with you. I think that Dalton Schultz is so much more – involved isn't the right word because Darren Waller is also involved with this. I just think there's more production. There's more opportunity for, for Dalton Schultz. Yeah. But I agree with you there. I, okay. I, I know it's going to be like muy caliente, but Hey. Right. So am, before we get out of here, one more tight end uh, for everybody out there. Dawson Knoxworst is at 10 air Fryermuth is at 11 and then we get tight end 12. I've talked him up though at 12, I'm out. I'm I'm <laughs> letting the helium out of the balloon. Yes. <laughs> so because especially right behind him, I love some Irv Smith. Behind Irv Smith is Gesicki, Hunter Henry, Noah Fant, Higby, Everett, and Joku, who we'll have to say for another day. Mm-hmm. Ingram and down from there, lots of flyers who I think are all in the same conversation with this guy. I've talked him up. I've talked yes, him up that have. he's the number two in this offense. But this offense for the Chicago Bears is still going to be one of the worst in the league. The argument of the Miles Sanders, he can't score zero touchdowns again. I don't know. He he, he might. <laughs> I love some Cole Komet, but at 12, I yeah, letting the air out on this one. I'm shocked. I'm Actually, no, I'm not shocked. I'm proud of you. That's what I should say because <laughs> I've heard you talk about Cole Komet so many times, and now that he's up where he's way too inflated, I am really proud of you for keeping your feet Firmly planted on the ground. <laughs> and reasonableness. And reasonable and letting the wee I can't do it like you do, <laughs> not, out of the balloon. Not letting I'm my animosity take control. Yes. I don't have any animosity. Uh, not anima, right? And enamorosity. Enamor, not animo- I don't know. <laughs> I, I need to study this. Like, I feel like I'm in grade school again. And I'm like, what does it mean? I like white chickens. Like, <laughs> this is messed up. <laughs> but I agree with you. I think this is way, way too high. Way too high. Which came first, brown chickens or brown eggs? White <laughs> hens. <laughs> Do brown eggs only come from brown chickens? or is like I don't white... know. <laughs> I'm not a farmer. I don't know. I said, we're gonna say, what do you follow up the show in my next article, All in Football with Jake Seeley, breaking down the anatomy <laughs> and biology of chickens, their feather colors and egg colors. <laughs> And did you know brown cows actually produce chocolate milk? Did you know that? How now? What? <laughs> See what I did there? Follow Stepmom Lauren at Stepmom Lauren uh, if you still want to after this show. <laughs> <laughs> 
And we will be back next Tuesday, Chris and I, and then Jeff, one more time before the season starts next Wednesday, and then Lauren after that. Potentially, I think we're starting full-time after that with Lauren. Remains to be seen. But code all in, 20% off at FTN. Go check out The Athletic. The magazine comes out next Tuesday. Uh, QR code in it, so the updates on the site, too, and everything for you. And enjoy the rest of this week, and go, go do your chicken research. <laughs>